This episode is brought to you by Accenture. A better you starts with better hydration. Accenture is on a mission to inspire people to do what matters most. Their proprietary ionization process transforms water from any source into ionized alkaline water, providing water that's 99.9% pure with a pH of 9.5 or higher. Essentia Overachieving H2O, the number one ionized alkaline water. Shop now. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Welcome everybody to the Random Movie Generator. It's a deep dive special today, David. How are you doing? I'm not bad at all. Just putting on a bit of uh, lip Nivea cleanser there. Absolutely knowing that my teeth need to be moisturised and like an athlete ready to enter into some podcast chitter-chatter. What's the film we're diving deeply into this week? I'm very excited, David. Very excited. Well, yeah, it's one that I totally forgot about, and you mentioned um, in a recent podcast, and it's 1987's uh, Fatal Attraction. Okay, for anyone who's listening, these films I'm, I'm sort of picking at the moment, I'm sure it change, but I'm picking as they're films that I'm sort of fond of or I remember really liking, and I thought, I watched Fatal Attraction about five years ago again, and I thought, this is super duper, and I'd love to know what David Edwards thinks of it. There's nothing better than a nostalgic deep dive as they're going back to uh, the roots of what was um, these iconic films from previous decades. Welcome everybody in the chat, by the way, David. So Absolutely. Morning salute yeah. to the uh, Patreons in the YouTube chat box. Let's run around the names. We've got Carl's in. Welcome, Carl. Jeffrey, Jeff Dale, Jeffrey Boombasket, Dastic. Dick, Jeff Dale, Just the Job Gardening, Gemma Casey, Matthew Sharp, Jez Cordell, so many Jez, Gareth Davis, Junkman Jones, Pete, Dr. Greggles, Mike Rolls. Let's get this train moving. Absolutely. Let's leave the station and let's get chugging it on that track. Let's do it. Let's do a deep dive choo choo. Do you want my immediate reaction to the film or just go for it generally at first? Whatever suits. I think I'd like you to <coughs> seep out gradually out of your pause. Perhaps totally. Like we're in a cinematic sauna, basically. The stalk, the sauna of cinema. I can't tell that. You're going to stalk. Your stalk in the sauna. Absolutely. My stalk in the sauna. In what way a stalk? Kind of like a large... Uh, s- s- stalking figure or a large sort of agricultural stalk like a large like a because many a person's called me a triffid before which is a terrible thing to say yeah definitely like a long gangly creature wandering down the street oh, right. K- 
kids on bikes usually. Here comes a big blonde mutant Trithid I've been called before. Not in this postcode, thankfully. Right. <laughs> right. That's behind me. I think I want to sort of work out whether you like the film uh, over the next few minutes. So if you would just want to start however you want to start. What's Fatal Attraction about, for those who don't know? I think Fatal Attraction, um, it's the sort of film that probably wouldn't be given a cinema release today. It's the sort of thing that would be turned into a mini prestige HBO miniseries, in the sense that it's about um, a character who, you know, Michael Douglas, he's in a very mundane domestic unit situation. Mundane, absolutely. Let's use those words correctly. Let's execute them correctly for the microphone. <laughs> I only it's, say um, that because, obviously, because I don't want people at home going, "Why is he saying mundane?" And I, so I just feel like we had to. We go over this so many times, and it's so important. It's, to, though, it's, it's so a slippery important. catwalk. Catwalk. It's a, it's a slippery catwalk, and you can fall off into the crowd and cause <laughs> yeah. a disaster. It's a health and safety potential nightmare. Okay. So you know. If, if the uh, if the word Nazis are out, I'm happy to put my hand up and put a white flag and say, you were right what you did. Take me prisoner. May I say, David, uh, before we crack on again, um, people are already guessing how many chalk ices out of five you're going to give them. So I won't tell you what they're saying. Give the first. Okay, so that'll be int- that will be interesting. Okay. Absolutely. Um, I would say Fatal Attraction, if it was made today, interestingly, it was turned into a TV series recently, not by HBO, and the episodes were too long, and they dragged it out too long, and it lost a lot of its thriller punch, if you know what I mean. It's kind of like um, on the edge of your seat kind of uh, thrill ride aspect. But I think if it did come out today, it'd be like one of those... um, prestige mini-series dramas that you get on HBO that are four or five episodes that Kate Winslet's done in the past because um, it's very much based in the realms of reality and it's based around character played by Michael Douglas who's in a very sort of um, mundane kind of domestic setting. It's not a terrible domestic um, setting but it's quite repetitive, it's lost its excitement but at the same time many a person would be happy with it so it's very cleverly depicted and um, his wife who's stunningly good looking, very nice and on the whole they've got a healthy relationship and his daughter who's really well cast, young daughter about seven or eight and uh, once again very lovable young daughter really well cast they go off for a weekend because they're looking at buying a house oh, outside of new york oh watch this again and uh, during that one weekend Ooh. michael douglas goes astray with glenn close they, who, uh, um, yeah okay sorry carry on yeah no you no, carry, no, on no, no, carry on carry on and they have a wild weekend of um, adult-endorsed intercourse, which um, they get up to in an elevator, uh, on a sink, of all things. So just just to confirm, for, for people who haven't watched it, it's a happily married family man. Yeah, absolutely. Who finds yeah. himself on his own for a long weekend, bumps into a lady who's come to t- his town, possibly, he meets him and meets her at a business function just before the wife goes off that weekend. And they end up having an affair totally out of the blue. Out of the blue. And it's a case of you can see there's an element of boredom. Can you? What do they life. show you at the start that suggests he might be 
it's very real in the sense that they're getting ready to go to this business function that he meets Glenn Close at. And you can tell that everything's a bit topsy-turvy, but they're all lovable, they all get on fine, but it's a bit repetitive. You can tell boredom sinking in a bit. They've all, they're very much a prisoner to their routine, but it's not toxic. Divorce isn't on the radar, you know, and it, I know... In some ways, it's a very wholesome, almost slightly utopian depiction of a family setting. There's no arguing involved. You know, you can tell that he's a bit like, you know, he's a, a bit sleepy, a bit kind of stuck in his ways. Do they do kissy wissies? No, him and his wife. Oh, absolutely, him and his wife. Straight on the old lips. What, in the first that. ten minutes you, know you see them kissy wiss? Um, it's not a massive dynasty-style Joan Collins snog. There's no tongue-wrestling WWF-style taking place. But um, they're very much in love. Full eye contact, bit of banter in the hallway, and a full-on lip-on-smacker-kisser type of thing. <laughs> so, again, no suggestions there are any cracks in the relationship whatsoever. No, I, I can imagine, you know, they might have to mark off sex on a calendar every now and then, but when they get around to it, you know, um, you could have some deep funk jazz music in the background Actually, and a bit I've of steam appearing. Calendar. Please do. Absolutely. Tick that off at all points. There we go. Hmm. I'm feeling quite tense now. Mm-hmm. There we go. Say no more. Keep it yourself, Squire. But obviously, you've, you've got Wednesday. a calendar to time. Week Wednesday, there you go. Plenty of time to hit the gym, get a, a positive mindset, and get some uh, Red Bull in the fridge. Yeah. Lovely stuff. So, so you sat down and watched this, David. How how did you feel? Were you excited about uh, re-watching it, revisiting it? Yes, I was very intrigued. I remember seeing it as a teenager with my mother, bizarrely, which is a little odd in retrospect, but I didn't find it all at the time. We just happily sat there and watched a psychological thriller. And um, I remember enjoying it because it's fast-moving. You watched it with your mum? Yeah, it's a bit odd, that. I don't quite know how that happened. But, um, yeah, it's a bit... I don't think that's information that we've really needed to no, be shared. No, not at all. It's just one of those moments, isn't it? Right. Because there's quite a lot of... Yeah, there's a lot of um, uh, male-female interaction, physical activities taking place yeah, there. Yeah, So, sort of New York Blue Planet, isn't it? And this is, you know, us as actual animalistic mammals type of thing, rubbing flesh. Uh, but I don't remember being that shocked having to watch it with my mother, really. I remember just being... Because she was a big fan of it. She's like, oh, you want to watch this? It was her promoting it, really. I was like, all right, let's give it a go. Can I ask, can I ask people in the, uh, in the um, chat who are watching us live, uh, could you tell us if you have seen it or you haven't seen it? Yeah, very true. I'd be interested if anyone hasn't seen it, because I, I really think you should go and, wa- you should go and watch it, because I love it. I love it. Did you find it a thrill ride, David, before we carry on? Definitely. Absolutely, definitely a thrill ride. Yeah, 100%. No, it's stressful. Oh, yeah, it's really well-paced, really well-structured. Yeah, there's a lot in there to appreciate. And also, it's a proper adult drama. Oh, people... Do you know what I mean? Quite a few people haven't seen it. Oh, if they haven't seen it, it's definitely worth checking out. Oh, you watch it. God. Oh yeah, it's very good. It won't be a disappointment. Yeah. Oh, okay. Right. Over to you, David. Take us, take our hand, and lead us through the world of fatal attraction, if you please. So it's very much a case of he has an affair over the weekend, and then um, for him, it's the end of the affair. It's back to you know, it's back to going back to family bliss. Oh yeah, yeah. 
And uh, but the thing is, Glenn Close is not happy of it coming to an end. She says she's happy for a weekend affair. Sorry, Dave. I keep jumping it. All I'm saying is spoilers. How do we? How do we tread? How do we navigate? Very almost impossible. I don't quite know really how to uh, avoid spoilers. I think uh, we can try whatever's. Um, best did we do our last deep dives on youtube i don't think we did actually did we it was just you and me in the evening god how do we do this how do we do this we can um we can we can give it let's a go tread, type let's of just thing. tread carefully and be aware that let's probably 60 70 percent of the chat haven't seen it well what i'm going to give you now is what you get in the trailer okay which is that basically um glenn close you know she acts quite chilled out it's like you know it's fine. We've had a bit of fun. We're both adults. But then um, she keeps phoning him up. She starts appearing at his office. All these different elements. And oh, um, oh, Why do I get so excited by this? It's, well, I think you mentioned in a previous podcast when we first mentioned it, the idea of... It's never called a genre, but it is almost a subgenre. The idea of having an affair. It's the idea that inner conflict between that side of your personality that's the um socially trained parent you know the um the the uh morally bound part of your psyche but then lurking in the background is the animalistic chimpanzee child that just wants to have a sugar rush some excitement a bit of candy on the sink and uh, absolutely on the sink doing something crazy you know the idea that you become so um uh, obeying to your rules of society those rules have almost become a prison and the kind of animal in you wants to break out and go crazy for a um, a few days which is what michael douglas does i mean what's really interesting with this is there's no clear hero or villain i suppose in many ways you kind of relate to michael douglas that we're all human we all have these animalistic moments of kind of um wanting to um you know let your hair down for the weekend and eat a crab stick. Absolutely, for crying out loud. That's got a lot of uh, metaphors attached to it. Um, but it's a case of, and if people are wondering what that crab stick metaphor is, every now and then I enjoy crab stick. But it's not, um, that's me just eating the actual food as an enjoyable snack. That's not me looking around for an innuendo in any any manner. But um, your Glenn Close obviously is mentally ill. You know, she's completely on the edge. But you do feel... Um, empathy for her particularly when michael douglas just has his fun he just leaves the flat and she's left on her own type of thing a lot of people have said if when you revisit this film now you do see it more through the mental health lens because during the 80s the americans were regularly going to therapists it was part of their culture but now we're far more attuned to mental health and you do see it more from that perspective i would say the first and second act of the film feel like a very adult based um, social realism kind of based in reality uh, HBO style drama but the third act goes more Hollywood mainstream horror movie it does lose its social realism um, kind of uh, base roots am I sensing this is a film that kept you glued during the second act David 
100% glued on the second act. It is not slow. It moves along. It's got that domino effect. Every scene creates a new cause and effect and keeps you intrigued and fascinated. It moves along a lot. There's a lot there to get your teeth into. It's not one of those films where you've seen the trailer, so you've pretty much seen the movie. There's a lot more going on. Basically, Glenn Close has got a lot of tricks up her ladylike sleeve. To old uh, keep old, I think the other thing with Michael Douglas that's interesting is he's a lawyer. So what he reveals to his friend that he's having an affair, and they have this very hushed, hushed conversation in the library in the lawyer firm. And he says, you know, what can I do to try and get rid of her? You know, can I put legal uh, constraints down? And he goes, well, if you want your wife to know, um, if you don't want your wife to know, sorry, no. And this is what Glenn Close's rights are. And she seems to know the law because she's tiptoeing around it very carefully. So yeah, it's it's really well put together. But there's no clear sense of who the hero and villain is until the end of the movie, I'd say, where it becomes more Hollywood mainstream, more like a horror. But we can talk about it later. But it's a very careful that, you know, yes, Michael Douglas was wrong with what he did, but you do get to a certain age that you can relate to the human does have that sense of temptation and we all, all have that self-destruction button deep within us what if you were married to a, a lady david and she didn't let you eat crab sticks and then you met a lady at a podcast convention and she said would you like to have a crab stick is that crab stick a metaphor or literally the food literally the food but if if your wife found out that a lady had given you a crab stick and, and there was no sex involved. It was just me eating crab sticks with a lady. She made it clear at home that you shouldn't be eating your crab sticks. But you go to a convention and a lady says, would you like to have my crab stick? Well, luckily, we're not in the 80s. We're in 2023 and I've got a mobile phone and I'd very politely ring up my wife and eat that crab stick with the woman during a live Zoom or something like no, that. You would. No, no, no. Let's let's take this. You wouldn't ring up your wife to eat a crab stick on Zoom. But I mean, if she's going to take it that badly politically. Oh, hi, da- hi, David. Oh, hi. Do you want a crab stick? How, how, what would your? Well, it, it's, it's got to be said. You know, um, who's the actress who plays? Yeah, the actress Annie Archer, who plays his wife. She is a, a brunette bombshell, and there's no way I'd trip over a crab stick to ruin that relationship. And the toddler is not in her um, angry threesome years. She's a really well-balanced kid. I wouldn't mess that relationship up for a crab stick. I think... I really? Think if it was just there? Just there? Absolutely not, no. I think Michael Douglas's character... Relax, um, David. Relax. Just have the crab stick. If there was a bit of mayonnaise or bolognese exactly. or, or something about mayonnaise. to pop it in. You're already thinking about mayonnaise. It depends if I had one too many energy monster drinks that are free at this convention that have vavoomed me slightly. And I have that ocean sea uh, scent making love to my nostrils. Who knows? But I would. I think I think to myself, I've done bloody well here. I've got a New York apartment, lovely wife that gives me the old peck on the lips or the cheek as she wanders past me in the hallway putting her kind of... Uh, her latest frock on. I think I'd be quite happy with it, really. Do you know what I mean? It's, I'm just thinking, like, you haven't had a crab stick for ages. Like, you've got a happy... I know this is going on and on, but... You haven't had a crab stick for ages. You've got a happy marriage, but your wife's just like, no, don't eat that crap. 
and then you meet someone who's just really kind of laid back and easy going. Do you want my crab stick? If I'd missed breakfast and lunch and I was hangry, as they call it, I might project negativity on my wife. And I'd be like, I'm starving. Why is she against the crab community and being turned into sticks? And why are you stopping me eating them? I might, um, I don't know, roll it up in a napkin and have it later. Well, there you go. Well, there you go. Absolutely. There you then go. You We've, in more ways than one. Do you know what I mean? A crab stick costs 50p. The voice lawyer... The voice lawyer costs even more. Sorry, Karen. No, 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 not at all. She's found out you... No, no, no. She's found out you've had a crab stick, and then... No, I haven't. Then you're lying. Then there's a web of lies, and you're doomed. Absolutely, and crab sticks leave a certain uh, scent on the old breath. Do they? It's got to be said. I think they do. Sort of like a slightly fishy ocean butcher shop kind of uh, fragrance. Because the thing is, let's be realistic. This is the thing we're getting down to, right? Yeah. I might be to wrestle about not having that first crab stick. But once I've consumed the first crab stick, I'm then going to have to do the whole packet. That's the slippery slope. So once I sign that contract and I consume the one stick, then there's usually another 24 in a pack, and I wouldn't even show it with a lady. <laughs> you get 25 crab sticks in a pack? Absolutely. So once I've, I've munched on that first one, um, there's no looking back there. And I wouldn't even want Would the uh, going close woman around. in a night? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. You can't. Like I, I don't sting. mean that arrogantly. What, is he into crab sticks, or is he just very much... <laughs> Does he have a certain, uh, je ne sais quoi, hook to a certain... He's more... What's, what's he into? How do you mean I'm more like Sting? Is, it, is that like well, into his ladies, tantra and sex? He, he can go oh, I've never heard about that. Well, that he can degree. go all night, Sting. Well, I thought that's what you were saying with the crab sticks. I'm confused now. <laughs> oh, I said um, I would have 25 crab sticks in a go, and you said, oh, just like Sting. And I was like, oh, does Sting like crab sticks? Why are we talking about crab sticks? I'm confused. I'm likening crab sticks to having sex. I think I am. Yeah, so having 25 crab sticks is a bit like Sting who can have sex all and, night. And then I said, um, I'm, I'm, I didn't realise that Sting was uh, had that kind of um, athletic... Yeah, yeah. Oh, big time. Oh, so who revealed that is his wife then type of thing? Because she's a big movie producer, his wife, isn't she? She's quite a respected female member of the film industry because that's a lot of information to share. <laughs> it has to be said. He was in a Netflix documentary recently revealing his uh, drug intake, wasn't it? He's well into his. Uh, what, who? Who's Sting? Uh, Sting, yes. Acid trips no, and marijuana. Uh, yes, very recently, about two years no, ago. No, he's into taking it now. I don't think he's into it now so much. It is more sort of senior years. I'm an Englishman in New York. York. Oh, oh, I'm an alien. I'm a legal alien. I'm an Englishman in New York. There we go. Flippity, flippity skip. <laughs> right. Need to get back. Let's get back to fatal attraction. Do you know the the casting, David? Like you said, the Annie Arch, so good, isn't it? You really, you really believe that they're together, and what and what what he what he could be throwing away? Oh, massively, massively, just for like a bit of a joyride. Just for a crab stick. 
absolutely just over a simple bloody crab stick. You know, a, a pack of 25, you know, just to go crab stick crazy for that one weekend joyride. It's quite funny, after the weekend, he runs back into the apartment and um, he rolls on his bed like he slept in it. Oh, he has to get all I the food. This. All the food that was left for him in the fridge, he feeds to the family dog because he's got to get rid of it. He's lying, isn't he? He's lying. Oh, absolutely bathed in lying. And uh, he thinks stupidly that's the end of his kind of affair. And once they they come back, he's going to be the good husband. And he probably thinks in his brain this is good therapy. You know, I've had my my meal, my kind of food binge of crab sticks. I can move on now and it's out of my system. But she ain't happy, Glenn Close. She's going to be around the corner. Who wrote it? Who directed it? Adrian Lynn directed it. Um, and he did he do done, Basic Instinct as well? Did he do a few of those? He didn't do Basic Instinct. That was Paul uh, Verhoeven. But um, he has done a lot of sexual-based films. And I have them here, a list of them. Uh, so things like Nine and a Half Weeks. Did he do a dirty yeah, with, old... <laughs> it's very much like that with oh, Kim... Jacob's um, Ladder. Yeah, he did do Jacob's Ladder. So he had a big string of hits during the actual um, 80s. Uh, Indecent Proposal. Yes. So that was a big one, very early 90s with Demi Moore. So Flashdance he did in 1983. So that's a big, because he was an advertising director at the beginning, like Ridley Scott. And he did Flashdance for Don Simpson and Jerry Bruckheimer. And they went on to do Top Gun uh, after that without him. Nine and a half weeks, Fatal Attractions, Jake and Blad. He had some big old hits, didn't he, in the 80s? And then he did the um, TV movie of Lolita starring Jeremy Irons then he recently did a film with Ben Affleck that was going to be his comeback sex thriller and um, that was a big big flop I can't remember the title for that actually but it was with Ben Affleck and it was supposed to be him coming back in a big big way I'll have a look at now has it got the name of that on your um, Um, Deep Water it was Deep Water and it was very much mocked it wasn't a um, a return to form, you know, re, uh, re rebooting the sort of psychological thriller sex drama, and um, it was seen as very over pretentious and not in keeping with his previous work. But he did have a massive. A lot of these directors have a massive this perfect run of hits, don't they? And then they lose their yeah. Uh, he ha- their he hasn't directed for twenty years before Deep Water. Yes. it was very much his big return, but it was not um, accepted well by the directors. Not directors, critics, and perhaps also directors. And and so, who wrote it, David? Did you say who wrote it? Um, yeah, the, the writer was a um, a, a British guy who created a short film based on Fatal Attraction, and um, then the producer of Fatal Attraction saw the short film, showed it to Michael Douglas, and that's what um, ultimately. Um, gave him the opportunity to write the script. So it was written by James Dearden. I think other scriptwriters did other drafts of the film, but he came up with the main concept and wrote the main screenplay that was based on, which is based on a short film that he made, which was based around um, an affair once again. And he has admitted recently that um, in other interviews that uh, it was slightly based on real life. I don't think he went to death about that. But um, wouldn't it be lovely to get James Dearden on the pod? Oh, it'd be wonderful! Lovely, absolute dream come true. And he's he's a a British director, um, 
but I think Fatal Attraction was his big, big success. Uh, oh, he was attached to the miniseries that came out, the TV series that came out. They didn't get great reviews, unfortunately, but he was part of um, rebooting that. But I think he's always been employed doing different things, but unfortunately... Oh, he directed Rogue Trader, which was a Ewan McGregor film, when Ewan McGregor is um, uh, a banker at the Stock Exchange and uh, does illegal activities. I remember that being quite big in 99. It didn't set the world on fire. So he's done a few things, but that's the main thing that got him... Because the other interesting thing Fatal Attraction is... It got nominated for a lot of Oscars. It didn't win any, but James did and was nominated for Best Screenplay that year. Right. But unfortunately didn't win. I don't know what did win that year, but um, it wasn't him. But it got nominated for a lot. It got nominated for Best Picture, Best Director, and Glenn Close got a nomination as well. Best Editing. Um, so, yeah, it did incredibly well Oscar nomination-wise because it wasn't expected to be a big Oscar movie. Um, it didn't turn out to actually win them that year but um it did do very well considering it was quite a low budget film 14 million which um isn't incredibly low but um particularly in the 80s but it's very much a mid-range budget ultimately David, can i read out michael douglas's um filmography throughout the 80s and 90s are you ready yeah absolutely definitely uh, if you like the film can you say yes and if you don't like the film, or you don't think much of the film, say no. Please do. Let's let's go for it. Let's do a uh, Douglas O'Meter so, in his film career. So I'm going to start in 1984. Romancing the Stone. Yes. Chorus line. So silence, right? I haven't yeah. seen that, unfortunately. Jewel of the Nile. Yes. Fatal Attraction. Yes! Wall Street. Yes! Black Rain. Yes! The War of the Roses. Yes! Shining Through. Basic Instinct. Yes! Falling Down. Yes! Disclosure. The American President. The Ghost in the Darkness. The Game. Yes! Perfect Murder. Traffic. Yes! So there's a lot. <laughs> Do you know what? I, I started realising that watching Fatal Attraction that suddenly I was like. If someone said to me, who's your favourite actor? Michael Douglas would never come to no. mind. But after watching Fatal Attraction, he's done some bloody good he's stuff. He's fucking great. He's really good. And the other thing is, he isn't your obvious movie star. He always plays anti-heroes, whereby it's never quite clear if you're a hero or a villain, which is a very hard dance to pull off. Yeah. But he's, he's, yeah, you're right. He's incredibly, he's incredibly good at doing that. Yeah. And he's got he's a good like, He's a script. super likeable man who makes bad decisions doesn't it 100% that's a perfect description thank you definitely no 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 definitely very kind of relatable you can clearly empathise with him but he makes poor decisions you're totally right that's a really hard thing to pull off if if Michael Douglas wasn't in Fatal Attraction it would not work at all god those how many hits did he have over 15 15 years oh 
Also, the other thing is, 1987, great year for him because Wall Street also came out and he got his Oscar. So, massive box office success of Fatal Attraction because it cost 40 million to make and it made 320 million uh, worldwide. Um, so, you know, did really well. It was in the top five big box office grossing films of the year. So, you know, big psychological thriller hit and a big Oscar. I think every movie star needs that penultimate year to really cement themselves in the public consciousness. And 87 was definitely Michael Douglas's year. 100%. He must have been walking on cloud nine. That's a phrase. 100%. No longer in the shadow of his father, Kurt, which is always a big, big deal. Yeah. And Michael Douglas, I had some looks at some pictures of him recently. And obviously, he's, he's nearly 80. And I, I couldn't believe it. He's, he's looking old now. And it, it saddened really me. Because I remember him from the mid-80s, early 90s. I'm like, oh, oh, there you go. And also, he had a big um, cancer scare, didn't oh, he, as did well? He? And I think he came out of that very aged, understandably. Oh, really? battling with that in a big big way but yeah i mean the other thing is he's got he had an interesting journey through the career because before becoming a big actor he'd obviously done a lot of tv before cinema but during that period to break into hollywood cinema and obviously back in the 70s tv wasn't as respected as it is today but he became um a big film producer didn't he he produced one flew over the cuckoo's nest yeah, he did it, and he got an Oscar for that. He pr- what? So he'd already, Kurt, he uh, Michael Douglas one, produced One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. One, produced One Flew Over the Cuckoo's no. Nest. That's what broke him into Hollywood. And the other thing is, Kirk Douglas always wanted to star in One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. And he was so career-focused that Michael Douglas said to his dad, No, you're not going to star in the film. I want Jack Nicholson. And that created a bit of a... Um, you know, burnt bridges with his father in a big, big way. It didn't end the relationship, but there was a big problem there because Kirk Douglas wanted to buy the rights. Michael Douglas looked at it to work out why his dad was so obsessed by it. And he was like, yeah, I can see that would make a great film. I'm going to buy the rights. I'm going to produce it, but you're not going to star in it. Jack Nicholson is going to be a far more bankable actor for a younger generation. Well, David... Now it's over to you to tell us how many uh, chock ice, I was going to say crab sticks, but how many chock ices out of five you're going to give um, Fatal Attraction. Uh, if the people in the chat could once again just put um, put down what you think David will, uh, uh, how many chock ices David will give it, it'll be interesting to see from your... I'm going to write down as well. Absolutely. Let, let's let's see where we're going to go with this. I'm going to write down on my uh, parking fine. Uh, oh gosh, a parking fine. What was that for? Uh, parking illegally. Oh dear. Was it quite costly? The parking fine. Was it old um, mistress double yellow that you sat on top of? Uh, I parked in a loading bay. Oh dear. These things have to, you know. So, obviously, you can do half ch- chock ices as well. I'm not too sure, but I'm going to go for this. I'm going to stick... I'm going to crab stick my neck out. Uh, okay. I'm not really It's a sure. long stick. Yeah. So, everyone's uh, had their guesses. David, it's now over to you. So, what are we going to... Oh, whoa, 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 whoa. Let's drum roll. How many chock ices out of five are you going to give... 
fatal attraction. I will give it um, four and a half chocolates. I think um, it loses its way a little. Oh, if five. You know I was going to change it to four and a half because of what you said about the ending. I thought you'd go, nah, it's still a great film. They had a lot of problems with the ending because there's three different endings. The original script ending, which Glenn Close signed up for, was that... Um, well, I mean, you know, we, we don't want to do no. too many spoilers, but... Um, I, I really don't want to ruin the film for anyone who hasn't seen it. Okay, that, yeah. that's absolutely fine. I know it's Basically, been out 140 um, years, but... Yeah, I'll, I'll keep it general. Basically, the ending... The best way to look at the ending, Roger Ebert said that by the third act, it goes into very conventional horror thriller territory, and it turns into the element where Glenn Close becomes Jaws, as in the shark, and Michael Douglas becomes Brody. Simple as that. It's just a man versus monster. It's no more about gender roles, and there's no patches of grey anymore. It's very black and white. This is the monster. These are the heroes. And it's, it's very much from the masculine perspective as well. Yeah. Listen, if you if you listen to that guy, oh, I might not fucking watch it. It's a fucking super. Because I try to keep a, a general element. Yeah, and also it's got to be said, Glenn Close didn't want to film the ending because it was not what she originally signed up for. It was very conventional and mainstream. But she did say if they hadn't changed it, it wouldn't have been such an audience pleaser, and it wouldn't have made the same amount of money. Oh. Because a cinema is different to TV, isn't it? Cinema is like a roller coaster ride. You know, and people were manically clapping at the end of the actual film. Which, you know, when you look at Act 1 and 2 and you feel quite sorry for Glenn Close, it is an element whereby you're very much seeing it through the a masculine lens. You're seeing it through Michael Douglas, you know. This woman's coming in and ruining my family. You know, this is what I'm going to do type of thing. But at the same time, you know, he's the one who kind of wandered off for his sexy weekend. And that's kind of forgotten about by the third act. It's more like, are you going to blow up the monster this kind of dracula shark figure type of thing um so i think maybe a modern audience would see it from a different perspective so i'd say the ending is becomes quite formulaic but um let's hope not let's hope you're not getting too influenced by roger ebert I would say I, I agree with it. I think even the editing changes. Because the good thing about Fatal Attraction, it's, it's, it's 20 minutes until you get any music in Fatal Attraction. It's very social realism. You feel you're a fly on the wall. Um, some of the dialogue, Adrian Lynn let them improvise. It feels very natural and real, the beginning. And then by the end, it becomes more of a horror movie. It's more like an HBO adult thriller drama at the beginning. Definitely, these, these characters that aren't heroes, aren't villains, they're anti-heroes. Like The Sopranos, it's not a gangster film, but The Sopranos, you know, he's relatable, Tony Soprano, but at the same time, he's got a family, he's relatable, but at the same time, he'll go around the corner and whack a bloke. Do you know what I mean? He's, there's, a, there's a dark caveman energy within him at the same time. Well, it's very unusual for you to give a film four and a half stars, so I think that says a lot, that you loved it. You enjoyed it. Absolutely. 100%. 100%. Yeah. So, David, I've absolutely loved this episode of uh, Fatal Attraction Deep Dive. Yes. Well, th- yeah, so I'll end that. So, thank you very much, David, for uh, this week's Deep Dive. Um, Fatal Attraction, if you haven't seen it, please watch it. 
and let us know what you think. Yeah, definitely watch it and let us know what you think, 100%. And uh, we'll see you on the next episode. Thank people, thank you for tuning in. Thanks for your YouTube comments, and definitely check the movie out or, or revisit it. One or the other. <laughs>